Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,372 this week. On Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion that takes place, well, it starts today, August 16th, and runs through the 19th at Laguna Seca Racetrack. I'll be there. I hope to see you. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in a very hot and warm Austin, Texas, with a very special guest by the name of Carrie Rouse. Carrie, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. We're going to have some fun. Now, before I introduce you and we get into the world, very unique world that you have created for yourself, kind of a traveling race car man, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Carrie? It's kind of my fallback. And that is, if you know me, you know I'm into fitness and riding my bike and all that stuff. But Many of those people don't know that I have had congestive heart failure. Oh, my gosh. Well, you're, yeah. a, you're a young guy. Yeah, I, and it, it attacked me when I was 37. It was a virus that Ooh. I got that oh, attacked wow. my body and my heart. Oh, but, my gosh. Uh, Obviously, you've survived and you've beat yeah. that. But now, a virus. So is this something maybe you, you caught while you were traveling somewhere exotic? or? Oh, no, I know exactly where I got it. I. I got it on Memorial Day weekend, and I was out with a group of friends in downtown Austin around thousands of other people, and that's exactly when I caught it. I'm sure glad you survived that, almost obviously, and uh, did, did it require a lot, any hospital time? or? Yeah, yeah, I was in the ICU for three or four days and then in the hospital for about another week. It took 30 days after that just to try to get back to somewhat normal, and then I was pushing myself to try to get to another 100-mile ride on my bike, and that was about three months later. So, Oh, my gosh. Man, you're like an Ironman guy. <laughs> I don't know about that length, but uh, I do love riding my bike. Well, that's very cool. Now, I have to ask, because there's somebody listening out there that wants to know a little more about this, what, was, what were the symptoms that made you go, oh, I got something going on here? Well, there was flu-like symptoms that were just horrible for about a week. They were trying to give me antibiotics for a week. And then it got to the point to where I had a pain in my shoulder. It felt like a, it felt like a, I was hung up on a meat hook or something like that. Oh like my gosh. I could not get rid of the pain. It literally felt like I was getting stabbed and lifted from my shoulder. Oh. And there was no amount of, I was taking pain medicine every four hours. And it got to the point to where almost after a week of no sleeping and, and barely able to move, at 3.30 in the morning, I, I turned to my, my ex-wife at the time and I said, I have got to go to the emergency room. Yeah, something's not right here. Wow. Well, you know, that's the key. And, and uh, I had a friend that turns out he had a massive heart attack and he didn't do that. He just stayed in bed going, ah, I just don't feel so good. And uh, he, he, when, you've, yeah, when you sense something's really bad, you got to go take care of it. You cannot ignore these things because it ended up taking his life. So. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're doing well. And for you listeners, now the day this goes live, because we're recording these shows in advance, actually, 
I'm at the uh, Rolex Motorsport Reunion, the historic races, which starts today on the 16th. So if you're out at the races today, look for me. I'll be out here uh, the next four days, along with all the other events during Car Week. So I hope to see you. So come up and tap me on the shoulder. Let me give you an introduction here. Kerry Rouse is a race car driver and a racing fan who travels around the United States in his RV full time. Now, you may hear a little background sound going on today because in Austin today, it's what? How hot did you say? it was it's about 105 105 so he's got a fan going so please bear with us a little bit with the sound um he interviews racing fans and shares them on his driven to compete podcast fellow podcaster very cool youtube page his blog and his website Kerry combines his nomadic lifestyle rv life and love for racing into meeting individuals in the automotive world in a unique and exciting way. So it sounds like in a way you're doing a little bit of what I do, but you're out on the road having fun going to tracks. That sounds very cool. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. So give them a little love, buckle up. We're going to have some fun. We'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Cars yeah is proud to support our veterans, which is why I've teamed up with our nonprofit partner, Tech Force Foundation, through its Veterans at Work Military Transition Campaign. The tech shortage is very real, and our country needs skilled, qualified techs to keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. When so many vets build their skills in maintaining and servicing vehicles when deployed, TechForce helps transition those skills to jobs as professional technicians when they come home. Learn more about TechForce Foundation and its Veterans at Work Military Transition Fund at techforce.org today. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and first-hand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Carrie, we're back. So where I want to go is back in time a little bit first. What led up to you having the lifestyle that you're having now? Did you have a business, a career before that you finally went, you know what? I want to get on the road and experience some things in life. So where did this all come from? I am 51 years old. I 
did not start racing until I was 49. And I had been making excuses for decades on why I, I shouldn't or too hard or too expensive. I just never really did the research. But I kind of had the same thing happen to me professionally. For 25 years, I was in technology and I hated it. It was just, there was nothing fulfilling about it. It was just a job. And I finally decided a little over a year ago that I was going to stop that and start doing what I wanted to, what I wanted to do and that's start my own business. Mm -hmm. So it was a summer of last year when I quit my full-time job and I wanted to pursue creating a business. The first business that I created was a, a fitness, an online CBD business. It's called Rouse Fit, which is my last name, Rouse, like house, but with an R, rousefit.com. So that is still out there and it's running. You know, it's just kind of running on its own. There's not a whole lot I have to do with it. But what I really want to do is, you know, what do I love doing and what kind of people do I love to hang out with? And which people, like, do I get along with? And honestly, it is the racing community who I just love to be around. When I first started looking into doing a podcast for the racing community, I was sure that the reason why people continue to race was their incredibly passionate their drive for competition. But that, is, that has not been the case. The people are continuing to do it because of the camaraderie and the community of the people that are in the racing community. That's that's why they love it so much. It's a big family. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I discovered that as well. I raced finished cars for about 12 years, and that was a huge, huge part of it. And, you know, being this is um, the Rolex Motorsports uh, Reunion Week at the Laguna Seca Racetrack, and I've gone every year for the last 33 years in the row, except for the COVID year, of course. And I find this the same thing. I mean, it's fun to go and see all the people I know and everything. Um, and it'd be great if I was jumping into a car and racing. But it really is about the people. That's what the whole car industry is about. So that's what you discovered, right? Yeah. And I really didn't expect it. I mean, but I figured that out after uh, several of the interviews that I've done. And it's been a very consistent story so far of, of all the people I've interviewed. Well, very cool. Now, this RV that you decided to uh, pack up and live in, can you ex describe what it's like? Oh, yeah. Well, it's well. let's just say everything's within arm reach. So that's <laughs> yeah. But um, I've been trying to minimize and downsize for a few years. So I, uh, this last step to get into the RV from a studio condo wasn't that hard, but adjusting to, you know, just things you don't think about, like laundry and, and you know, get water supply and all this other stuff. Because I'm traveling all the time, I'm usually winging it. There'll, there'll come a day when I'll have enough relationships ahead of time that I could establish, you know, where I'm going to be, how I'm going to be set up. But for the time being, I kind of wing it when I go to a track. But I have met so many people that way that I would have never met otherwise. 
Yeah, this is really fascinating. And one of the things you touched on is minimizing your life. And it's something that my wife and I have really started to do as we get older. We're now grandparents. Uh, We just returned from a trip to Arizona to meet our new granddaughter. So now we have a granddaughter and a grandson. Of course, the first thing she got from me was a toy race car. So uh, (laughs) she'll be she'll be all set when she can be a little bit older to play with that. But the minimum I I watch a, a, a lot of YouTubers that focus on different things. And a couple of them are kind of vagabonds, a bit like you. They're people that tra- have created lives. One is a couple living on a boat. They now have two kids. They travel all over the world on a catamaran. They're having a trimaran built right now. And another is a young lady from Poland who has an old Land Rover, and she travels all over the world. And part of this minimal lifestyle which was the opposite of what I had. And and it's a little long-winded to get to where you've discovered this, is having a lot of things in your life can sometimes be like an anchor that keeps you from going out and experiencing the world. Is that what you discovered when you decided to minimize your life and, and realize, I don't need all this stuff? Absolutely. After doing it, it feels like such a relief because you don't have to think about those things. Yeah. I only think about the things that I care about. And there's so many other items and, and stuff that people just put so much effort into for the materialistic, keep up with the Joneses type stuff that it doesn't add to my happiness. And I had to do a lot of inner discussions with myself, talking with friends and family yeah. to really suss out like what is my passion and it, it sure heck wasn't like a crap load of pose in my in my in my closet it was getting out on the racetrack every chance i can get yeah well i think that's where i'm going next is with your racing because i'd love to know a little bit more about as you got involved with racing how did you start what kind of racing do you do so like i said this year 2023 i have not raced although i may have a couple opportunities before the end of the year to do it but one for money because i'm budgeting myself so that i can continue to do what i'm doing now full time for a year that means i just don't have extra money to spend on racing as we all know it's it's not cheap (laughs) no it's not but two years ago when i started i knew that i i'm not going to want to work on cars i didn't have a way to transport cars and after talking to several people, I realized that what I should probably do is arrive and drive. I needed to find an arrive and drive that was affordable. And one of the most affordable ways to get in to racing is through the B-Spec class in the SCCA. Mm-hmm. So the car that I've been racing for the first two years was a Mazda 2. Let me tell you, man, they are so much fun yeah the wheel the wheel action you're always very close and they're a bit safer they're easier to work on so all that comes into cheaper costs for more racing you know it's interesting that you mentioned this because my guest tomorrow is a young man he's 18 years old uh his name is joey andrews he's known by his handle the stiglet because he started promoting uh himself and what he loves about cars when he was younger he loved top gear so he kind of picked the stig and made him the the mini stig the mini me stiglet if you will and he's actually done kart racing and is now in spec miata so same kind of thing. And he talked about the same thing as finding arrive and drive initially, even with carding, which is something I didn't even know you could do, but there's venues out there for that. So the way this works, if you could explain to the listeners is you 
pay a fee. You arrive. There's a car there waiting for you, mechanics to help you, maybe coaching. Is that is that how it all works? That's exactly right. The only thing that I do need to buy myself, like I need to get my own license and I need my own personal safety gear, mm-hmm. but that I own, I keep, I reuse. And then there is nothing I have to worry about at the track. The car is ready. If there's an issue with the car, I've had a transmission completely changed between sessions. And all I did between the sessions was sit down and go over video with my other drivers on the team so we knew we could get better with the next session coming out. So everything was focused on driving and driving faster. Oh, wow. Well, this is a really cool way to do it. The Mazdas are cool. I've had so many racers on the show that started or do race uh, in Mazdas. What a wonderful thing to do. So this is a cool thing for listeners who may not even know this kind of option exists for them because buying a car, maintaining a car, all that, yeah, it gets very, very pricey. You know, when you think about what has influenced you into this lifestyle you have, maybe mentors or other people that have done it. Is there somebody that comes to mind that uh, really helped you realize you could have this very unique lifestyle that you have? You know, what has inspired me in general is, you know, in terms of individuals, has been more towards general kindness and hard work and making friends. So uh, the, per- the person I think of is my grandfather. Mm. He was just a friend with everybody. He always worked hard, always had a smile, was just super sweet to everybody he met. And I'll never be able to be as great as he was, but to emulate that as best I can is what I try to do. Oh, that's wonderful. I've heard this from many, many people. Was your grandfather into cars at all? He was not. I come from a long line of farmers, and he was a farmer his whole life. Well, farming is, uh, I mean, these are just great people. My grandfather and a lot of my dad's, all my dad's siblings, except for my father, he was the only one that left the farm in Texas and became an architect. What a life. I mean, farmers are the backbone of this country. And I don't think I've ever met a farmer I didn't like. They're just wonderful, hardworking, down-to-earth people, salt of the earth. And uh, they put food on all of our tables. Yep. Yeah, it's tremendous. What a great uh, person to have in your life. I like to ask what I call as a challenge question, and this is a specific challenge you faced that maybe wasn't much fun, but you overcame it, and it taught you a very valuable lesson that you carried forward into your life. I think that I have two examples. I'll just go to one of them. And one I'm going to go to has to do with not having enough money to do something you really want to do. And in this case, it was getting a college education. You know, my family didn't have money. There was zero extra money for me going to college. I went my first year on a scholarship to Boston University, which was private. And even with the scholarship, I found out in the second semester that there was no way I could afford it. And um, I had to withdraw. I looked at some other schools and I looked at, so I decided to go to Texas, UT, Winter to the summer orientation between the two semesters of the freshman and sophomore year. And it's at that time I was told I still couldn't afford to go to Texas. So I was without a school. And so I was forced to move back home for one year and work full time and go to school part time at a community college until I had enough cash to get my foot in the door a year later at at University of Texas. And then once I was there, I had jobs working for while I was in school. 
And I also did a co-op where I would work a semester, go to school semester, work a semester, go to school semester. And so that's how I did it. I made it through. It took me longer than most people, six and a half years. And there was a pile of debt at the end of it. But you know, I just did what I needed to do to get yeah. through it. Yeah, we could do lots and lots of shows about the cost of school and I've <laughs> got my own opinions of where I think schools these days, now this was a while back for you, given the age you shared. For me, when I went to college, I had to pay for my own college, but it was very affordable. I did have to work, but I had my own business. I detailed cars, so I made it happen. I didn't ever go to any parties. I just worked and went to class and worked and went to class and I was able to get through it. But these days, I don't see how anybody does it unless they've got parents that are willing to dish out lots and lots of money. Uh, it's just gotten too expensive. I think for what you get back, but that's my opinion, especially after putting two kids through private college, uh, you know, still kind of dust myself off after that. But yeah, well, my hat's off to you because that is awesome uh, that you're able to pull that off and able to do that. Lots of hard work. Wonderful, wonderful thing. When you look at your racing that you're just getting into here and starting to do, and maybe look ahead the next three to five years, what's your bucket list uh, that you'd like to accomplish in your type of racing? Well, what I would like to do, I thought about this a little bit, is if there was a way that I had enough income, I would continue to travel from weekend to weekend, from track to track. Instead of just interviewing people, I'd be racing. Mm. There's, there's, almost, there's a race every weekend in multiple places throughout every weekend of the year. And I, for me, if I could just do that and continue to work on the craft of racing because I have so much to learn, but I, I just get so much out of it. Well, there you go. Well, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And just like the story you shared with college, I have a feeling that's exactly what you're going to end up doing. My hat's off to you again for, for figuring this out. I love to ask guests about what I call the special vehicle story. And that is one special car in your life that really stands out. And perhaps share a story about that ride. <laughs> okay, well, the special car is a 2004 Ford Mustang SVT Cobra. It was the last year that they made that car. And uh, the special, I mean, I like to drive fast. And um, there was a nice stretch of highway on I-10 going from Austin to Houston. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got it to 154. So that. That is my special story. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is that is uh, fast. Yeah, for sure. Holy cow. Now, I'm trying to think back. Those cars, what was the, the horsepower rating in those cars? Was it like over 400 or close no, to that? You know, I don't think it was over 400. It had a turbo on it. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, that made a big difference. I mean, I've owned uh, Mustang GTs since then that probably had more power. But that Cobra was something else. It was um, it was also a stick shift, so a little bit of fun on that one. Well, I just did a little quick peek here, looking up on the old uh, Google Meister, and it shows a 390 horsepower at 6,000 RPMs for a 2000 Ford, Ford, Ford Mustang SVT Cobra. So there you go. Close to it. I wasn't too yep. far off. Yeah. 32-valve no. car. Lots of torque in that thing. 390 foot-pounds, so... Yeah, fun, fun car. Well, uh, going forward, keep those speeds on the track, would you? That is fast. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, my gosh, that's fast. You know, now I'm in a truck 
hauling a camper. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even dare go over 65. Ever. No, 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 no. Not when you have your house on your back. No way. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason that uh, shellfish and snails go so slow because they're carrying their house with them, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So here's a bit of a psychology test for you. If you were to be reincarnated or manifest as a vehicle, what would you be and why? Well, I thought about this one, and it would be a Chevrolet El Camino. Okay. Why is that? All business up front, party in the back. <laughs> uh, the, you know, the versatility and adaptability. So I'm kind of a chameleon when it comes to doing things and blending in and adapting to whatever the scenario is. And, um, and I, I like to work hard and I like to play hard. Well, it kind of makes sense. With what you do, when you, you always say when people are traveling, you've got to have a great perspective and look at everything as part of the experience and not just getting to where you're going, but everything is all inclusive into the experience. And you, you, you see that in airports. You see when there's problems, travel problems, and the people that lose it and cause all the, you know, the YouTube videos we see. And you see others that go, well, okay, let's see what we can do and uh, maybe adapt and change or take the other fork in the road. So uh, I think it's much more peaceful to have that attitude, whatever you're doing. And it sounds like the El Camino can do that. So uh, nicely done. <laughs> yeah. You know, I also like to talk a little bit about philanthropy, giving back, helping others. I feel like what we're doing here and what Cars Yeah is all about is sharing inspiring stories from automotive enthusiasts. What are your ways that you like to give back and help others? You and I are very similar. So <laughs> I, I, am, I am sharing uh, stories and helping people promote what they're doing in the racing community. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm hoping that it helps them. But I also hope that it inspires other people because every single person has a different story on how they got started, why they're still in it, what have they done. And it's it's amazing to kind of hear the, the, the different stories that come out of it. So just being able to and then allowing those people to promote whatever it is they want to promote. I, I would love for them to do that. Yeah, I, I think you're right in that um, here during Car Week with uh, all the events, I run into so many people that are, have not only been guest on my show, but people that are listeners to the podcast and come up and say, thank you. Uh, because you spoke with Carrie Rouse, I've decided to get into racing or because you had so-and-so on the show, I've decided to change career paths and do what I really love. So uh, you're right. We are very similar in that respect. Inspiring automotive enthusiast is my password here. It's a trademarked uh, slogan that I use here on Cars Yeah. And that's exactly what we're doing is inspiring automotive enthusiasts by talking to inspirational automotive enthusiasts just like you carrie now how about great books uh being a guy on the road and going to tracks uh, do you have a little bit of downtime to to read a great book i have some favorite books i wrote down four or five books that are my top books of all time two of them are by the same author the author is mj demarco and it's called the millionaire fast lane and unscripted is the other one that was what jump-started my passion for doing my own thing. Stop, stop being an employee and start building your own assets, your own future. That is what kicked it off for me. Another one that uh, is very tactical but extremely good is 12 Months to 1 Million by Ryan Daniel Moran. 
and it, it's all about starting a product business and the process to do that. But it's excellent, tactical, real, useful information. Awesome. Uh, another one is called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Yep. <laughs> Talk about intensity and never giving up. I love it. All great books, uh, great recommendations. So I'll put those listed on Carrie's show notes page. And as you regular listeners know, there's a place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's now there's over 3,000 books listed there, all are recommended by my inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Uh, so you can go there. I've made it very easy for you for a quick click to buy. So check it out on the Cars Yeah website. So let's go on the ultimate drive here. I'm a bit of an enabler, Carrie. I'm going to provide you with any car you would like, including a race car if you want. You can take it for a drive anywhere, including any racetrack in the world. Uh, but here's the cool part, since we've talked a lot about people, is you can take anybody with you, including a person that is no longer with us. What does the ultimate drive look like for a nobad who does a lot of driving like you? Well, I, I thought about this a little bit. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I am not, I'm not really a fanboy. In other words, I don't have people that stand out as idols for me or, or that I'm huge fans of mm -hmm. or that I follow. But when I was watching more F1, I just really enjoyed watching Sebastian Vettel. So I'm going to say I'm driving with Sebastian Vettel and... I think that for me, you know, let's just let's just get in a, a GT3 Porsche. Nice. And I would be the one driving, and we would be at the Nurburgring, and what we would be talking about the entire time is how I can drive better and faster. Nice. Based on <laughs> <laughs> Having Sebastian uh, as uh, a coach at the ring, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Very, very fun. I've been very fortunate to drive there twice on the track, both times in rental cars back when you could do that. Now they are very restrictive about taking your rental car to the Nürburgring, and I know why, because uh, <laughs> one of those I took back to the rentals place, and it had basically no brakes left on it. But we won't talk about that. But uh, yeah, having um, Sebastian as your co-driver and your coach, I like that very much. And I'm a Porsche fan, so putting you in a GT3, yeah. That sounds like a plan. So there you go. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful journey today, and I'm very, very happy that you were recommended to come on the show. And it was by our mutual friend, Ross Bentley. Uh, Ross has been a guest on the show several times. He actually lives like within 20 minutes of me here in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> uh, Ross Bentley, of course, uh, known uh, as a writer and a driving coach, uh, wonderful guy. So Ross, thank you for bringing another great guest here to Cars. Yeah, much appreciated. Before I let you go today, Carrie, could you share maybe a final word of wisdom, inspiration, or thought for our listeners? Yeah, I do. My advice is to stop watching the news, stop listening to others, and just find a way to spend some time doing what you love. Make sure you're around people that you really like. Don't chase money or people. Narrow your focus down to your passions. Awesome. That's what Cars is all about. Sounds like that's what your life is all about, and you're a living your or walking your talk, I guess is the right way to say it. Now, there's a lot of ways for people to follow you. Can you uh, tell us about all these different ways people can keep up with you? I would say that the best place where I would love people, of course, it's driven to compete.com, but 
honestly, the website isn't where I spend a lot of my focus. My focus mainly is on my YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. Driven to Compete. So they can just put in Driven to Compete in the search and they'll find it. Um, The handle is at Driven to Compete with the number one at the end of it. Awesome. Great. Well, and you also have a podcast, so people can go and listen to that. I'll put a link to that uh, through Podbean, which is tremendous. A fellow podcaster, love my fellow podcasters. We get to do the funnest jobs, talk to people that are so cool and inspire others. This was great, Carrie. Um, And of course, I want to remind everybody uh, starting today, August 16th, the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion is taking place. I'm out here during car week uh, attending all events. I'll be at the Quail on Friday. Uh, Motor Lux parties tonight at the Jet Center. Laguna Seca races start today for the next four days. So I'll be at the track. Of course, the Pebble Beach Concours on uh, Sunday. And we've got the Concorso Italiano. There's just so much stuff this week. Uh, I'm going to be tired at the end of the week, but I think it's going to all be fun. Carrie, thanks for being so generous with all your time today, your expertise in sharing a wonderful life you've created for yourself. My hat's off to you. Until you and I talk again, I usually say I'll see you down the road, but I'll see you at a racetrack somewhere is what I'm guessing. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!